0: folks, and welcome to the SCV Leadership and Business Solutions. This is our weekly podcast. We have a great guest today, and my name is Paul Raggio.
1: And I am Lisa Raggio, and we are here today, tomorrow, and in the future to help you find your way. And we are so happy to be partnering with The Signal to be bringing you this weekly podcast. Even more excited that today our special guest is John Milburn. And John Milburn is the Executive Director of the Employee Training Institute at College of the Canyons. And we're going to get into a great discussion with him about a variety of things, all which will be helpful in regards to best business practices and best leadership practices.
0: And so our vision at One True North is really to empower leaders and their team on the virtues, behaviors, and skills to find and live their one true north, their why and their purpose to be, do and have. And as part of the podcast we give in a, a little bit about one true north and we wanted to cover today, one of our points of culture or values and it's on improvement. And improvement is something that you wanna look at not only for yourself, but for your business, but make it a daily ritual that you're self-examining and then bringing to light that same self-improvement for your business. And then we also cover a leadership tip of the week, and we'll do that after the interview with our guest. And that leadership tip of the week this week is on Stay Above the Point. Lisa, do you want to introduce our guest? I do.
1: I'd be happy to. John Milburn has nearly two decades of experience as a training and organization development specialist. He has a wide ranging background in economic and workforce improvement, having helped hundreds of organizations and thousands of employees through training, consulting and facilitation services. As executive director of ETI, John develops and delivers training programs targeted to assist local employers respond to changing markets, technology, and the skill development needs of their employees. John holds a psychology MA degree in organization development and a BS degree in business administration. And I just wanna say on a personal note, as Paul and I launched our business a year and a half ago in this valley, John was one of the first people we connected with, and he was one of the most helpful people to us and supportive on our journey. So John is near and dear to our heart, and we are very happy to have him join us today. And with that, John, welcome to our podcast. And we always start with why, and you know that. So we'd love to hear from you regarding what is your why, and why do you do what you do, and a little bit about your background in ETI.
2: Well, absolutely. Thank you, Lisa and Paul. Very glad to be here with you today and uh, and to share some information. Hopefully I have some helpful uh, information that, that people will find helpful. Um, I am, you know, motivated by helping others uh, and uh, in, in the context of business, pretty much. Uh, and I think that that is what drew me to the colleges as an employer. Um, You know over almost 20 years ago uh and the uh i think you know seeing people get the skills they need get the information the education that they need and the help and assistance that they need to move their their life their work life or their business forward uh is so satisfying i i can't even begin to convey how how wonderful that is to um to to be part of 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 a of programs that help people advance in their life, and and as you, as you mentioned, Paul, in the beginning, to improve, to improve their ability, their skill, um, and their situation in life. Uh, I think we all, you know, many of us, you know, we want to improve, we want to get more going in our life, or, or you know, sometimes a better situation for ourselves, and um, working in uh, workforce and economic development and training as I do, I get to see that every day. Uh, and that is, you know, that's what gets me up in the morning and keep it going all day long is the idea that we're assisting other folks in achieving uh, their educational goals and their career goals um that's that's what that's why we exist that's what that's what i that's what i do and that's my why.
0: you know john we we've had some great conversations over the past year about just thoughts in terms of leadership and uh and really how to present that to folks that we engage with. And one of the things that really impressed us with you and what you're doing is just how much you're giving back to the community. And by doing it in such a way that you're really focusing on educating those businesses that are in need of specific skills and skill sets. Talk a little bit about this program because i am not sure that there's many out there that really recognize what the college of the canyons does and specifically your department in helping businesses
2: i i think you're right about that paul we you know traditionally we don't have a large marketing budget so a lot of folks don't know about the economic and workforce development programs that we offer um, because you know we're not always able to to advertise those so broadly we um, reach out to uh, businesses locally directly, one-on-one, and talk with with uh, business folks about what they need and what their training needs are for their employees. Um, and and at College of the Keynes, of course, we have degree programs, certificate programs, we have uh, you know programs that are in, in career oriented and and other ones that are transfer degrees to go on for a baccalaureate degree or upper you know graduate degrees as well Um, but at the economic and workforce development division where i work we specifically focus on your career advancement the uh, companies that we work with uh, we're sitting down with leaders of those companies and and helping them uh, determine what the skill development needs of the employees are in the area where they need to to see some improvement Uh, usually you know the idea there if there's inefficiencies we want to help the company address those and help people get the very much needed skills that they need to, to impact that bottom line, ultimately in a positive way. Uh, but the impacts are far more reaching than that because individuals walk away with the certifications, with the education, with the training, and that goes with the individual as they progress in their career. So as, as we're, we're offering training programs and other development programs and career assistance, and job placement programs. So we help folks get another job, that new job. Um, and of course, it couldn't hardly be any more relevant than it is now, where we know that there's a large increase in unemployment roles in California and the nation. Um, and you know, many of those folks are going to probably get their jobs back or, or are already going back to work, but many folks won't they will have maybe decided they're not going to continue in what they were doing and they need a new career, a new, how do they get that? How do they get started in a new career? Well, that's where we come in. We, um, of course we don't offer programs in every single type of career. Uh, we are a, a somewhat, you know, limited sometimes in what we can do, but we, um, offer programs that retrain folks and give them the skills needed to start in a, in a new industry for manufacturing as an example. Uh, we place people in manufacturing jobs regularly throughout the year with our programs, and we always have for many, many years. Um, and that, I think, is a, is a, you know, is a, is really important services and uh, offerings, educational offerings that that we provide for the community. Many, much of this goes under the radar of the the average person out there. But many people in our community know about the Employee Training Institute and the Economic and Workforce Development Division at College of the Caynes because they have participated in our programs and they have, uh, you know, got taken advantage of, of the, you know, the programs that we offer so to advance their, themselves. And, and many times these are very low cost programs and to the students or the participants, as we say, trainees, if you will, there's no cost so individuals do not pay for these programs we find funding we look to subsidize the programs um, sometimes the, the employer has to pay a portion to support their employees development but nothing nowhere near the entire cost of the programs um, mm-hmm. and so that's really what we're all about is is training and upskilling uh, the you know the workforce here locally in our in our uh, santa creta valley and surrounding region uh, and um, and then also helping folks get the skills they need to get started in a new career as well yeah
1: yeah john one of the things that we wanted to make sure and have you share is what we've identified as you being coming from the the point of view of being relational versus transactional and especially with your degree your ma uh, degree in psychology or organization development uh, can you talk to us a few minutes about the difference and, uh, and how that's impacted your work.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I am a hundred percent believer in relational over transactional, if you will, meaning that the relationships that I want, try to develop and, 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 uh, you know, grow um, are much more valuable to me than any single transaction that I might have with a, with a company. So in my job, I, provide training programs and there is a small fee for the companies to pay. Um, And then they're putting their employees in these training programs and uh, many times advanced technology training and and other high skill development programs. And sometimes, um, uh, you know, something happens. This person has to drop out or, or different things happen with the company. And in those times, I will assess, you know, what can I do to really show the company that I value the relationship with them more than say a, a charge I might have to, to levy or something like that. So what I tend to look at is, um, you know, is to not worry so much about the individual transactions that we might do with the company or or the amount of revenue we might be generating, and and look at more as how our relationships being developed. Can we call these companies? Do they know us? Uh, do they rely on us? Do they seek us out when they need something? and there's a much longer trajectory in the relationship where i have found you know time and time again being able to reach out to someone for some kind of help or for some kind of information you need um is you know it's invaluable to have the relationship with folks at that time because you can't just call people out of the blue and ask them for something they don't know you and if you've just been doing transactions they just see you as you know as someone that they, if they call you, if they need you for the transaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think developing relationships with folks, you know, with uh, business leaders, with community leaders. uh, And of course, this is very um, prevalent here in Santa Clarita Valley. We have a very tight knit community in so many ways. Um, Just like meeting you guys, uh, you know, and getting to know you, us getting to know each other. That's what we do. We get to know each other. And then as we go down the road, we, we, we call on each other when we need something, uh, or we support each other when we need something. So I'm um, I'm very much you know a believer in that, and I've seen it time and time time and time again in my own small business experience that I've had prior to working with the colleges, as well as with the college. Um, so we're you know I'm trying to develop uh, a relationship again that you know supports the company throughout time not on any one given transaction. We will, I will make sacrifices on a small scale to save the larger relationship if necessary. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that that's a uh, really an important thing to do. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so kind of, I, I try to address that, uh, if that makes sense, uh, that mm-hmm. that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, that's terrific, John. And in, in fact, let's, Let's weave in. We know that you're such a young man, but let's weave in your small business experience because uh, part of our podcast is really to relate to those business owners right now that may be challenged or struggling. Yes. And and provide them some lessons learned. And certainly you've had a, you've managed your own or you've led your own small business. You had a small business. Correct. And and then also how that you know, how that knowledge that you took or experience from that has transformed into what you're providing at College of the Canyons. I think that would be a, a great piece that you could present to the audience.
2: Absolutely. I ran a small business uh, before joining the colleges in in education. And so I employed about 30 employees totals, uh, some part-time, some full-time. And, um, and so when you run a small business, you learn so much. You learn pretty much every obstacle that there is, you have to address it and overcome it. Um, Small business folks are some of the most tenacious people I've ever known. Uh, You have to be to survive in a small business. Um, So that experience really informed me, you know, what are these business owners going through? And whether it's a large corporation or a small business, some of the challenges are similar. What do they what are they going through? Well, there's a lot of things to have to do with your employees with the talent that you hire, uh, you know, this is, this is for many companies. This is the number one uh, where their largest investment is. I know it at the college of the Canyons, it's our largest investment in people. So the very, you know, first thing that comes up is what is your relationship with your employees? How is it, how are you developing that? How are you treating that? Are you just expecting that you hired them and you're paying them and you gave them a job description and now they go off and do their job? Because in my experience, that's not going to cut it, right? There, there has to be um, relationships developed with employees. You, you know, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, managers and business owners alike are, are struggling with that a lot of times. And if, if they're looking at, a, you know, the bottom line or, or, you know, production issues or those kinds of things, many times those can be solved be, through d- getting the deeper relationship with the employees. Um, so to that end, you know, I, I, ran a small business where I was the owner, but I had to hire subject matter experts that were much more, uh, they had advanced degrees in the topic and knew much more about it than I did. And so I began to really understand leveraging your, uh, your employee base, uh, the, the talent that exists in your ranks is probably the number one thing to do. And it's actually one of the most underutilized techniques to or strategies to uh to improve the the, the business uh, as a matter of fact it shows up in lean methodology lean uh lean or lean philosophy talks about underutilized talent as one of the eight wastes and to me that's one i think that we rarely get to you know you you look at uh, oh inefficiencies here or in in the processes how can we improve these things but do you realize you might be missing out that one of your employees has other skills that you haven't developed or you haven't you know taken advantage of as a small business owner that can be very very uh, a very good thing to do um i know i did i found out that many of the folks that i hired had other abilities and then i would add to their their pay to do some of those things it ended up creating um, a much more tighter relationship between me and my employees they felt more valued I think even in my business, this was, you know, quite a few years ago, um, we couldn't afford to pay a lot, but that didn't really matter to them because they were engaged. They were part of something and they were important to our business. Um, you know, and in many ways that I, you know, I had to do that because I needed the subject matter expertise. Uh, mm-hmm. but in the end I realized that that was the best thing to do too. Um, and, you know, it took me about five years of running my small business to really realize I had underutilized talent and I had other opportunities to improve and that's when I really began to to grow in that area uh, as, a, as an owner um, and you know and really you know begin to uh, work with people in a way that I now know is so important and training of course addresses all of these things in our leadership academy you know leadership mm-hmm. training addresses these things uh, there's mm-hmm. there's lots of ways to get this, to get this information
1: right and it becomes this uh opportunity you know where there's challenges there's opportunity and how you continue to look for ways to um inspire your people so that they're motivated to achieve what it is that the organization is trying to achieve i think one of the things that paul and i focus on and you know this john because we start with why is when you get people really inspired about your vision and your mission and your culture uh, people want to belong to something and have a purpose. And uh, so when we're able to as- incentivize them in those ways in which how can we create cultures in which they feel included and they feel motivated so that they can be pursuing the vision and the mission. Um, and that is that takes work too. That's a muscle definitely to develop as business owners and organizational leaders of how you continue to do that. And keep that wheel rolling, so that they want to stay engaged, and you've got the right people on the right bus at the right time, moving the organization forward.
2: I think employee engagement is absolutely critical. It's you know engaging your employees, and and yes, it's their purpose that engages them. Um, you know, there's a there's a book that came out a few years back from Daniel Pink called Drive, and in there he describes uh, you know autonomy, the desire to have some autonomy over what we do. Um, to have purpose, if we don't have purpose, the people are not going to be engaged. It has to fit with purpose. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, the chance to kind of explore and innovate in, in some of these areas. Um, and I, I think that that is just really important to, to, to hire people that are in alignment with your purpose of your organization. Make sure you're getting people that, that really are motivated to be involved in this because at the end of the day, they're, they're going to need that extra motivation to really, to perform above and beyond, um, you know, my previous business was actually a live theater business, and actors and technicians in theater—they are purpose-driven. They love what they do, and they will, you know, go and do it for free, as we all know. Community theater has actors that are performing for free. Uh, you know, they—they they get up in the morning, they want to do it. It doesn't. My dad used to say, always make sure you do something that you wake up in the morning, you just want to do, whether anybody pays you or not and uh and i think that that is really important too that we follow our passions so we end up in the right place um and then with company and with hiring and with, with managers and stuff looking for those folks and helping develop that passion making sure they understand what it's all about you know um i remember uh talking with a company and and we we were providing some training and one of the employees didn't even realize what the part they were making where what the part went on and that's a big missed opportunity. You know, that part went on an airplane and that employee should have known that. Um, You know, it, it should have actually known a lot about that. And so I think this is where, you know, we really have to look deep and say, hey, do our people really know what we're doing and what we're all about and what's our mission? And sometimes you have to go back and revisit all of that and refresh it and get energized on it. We don't just exist to make money. You exist to do what your purpose is, what you, you know, why does your company exist it's, it's usually not just to make money it's to provide a service to provide a product to and, you know to serve your customers and to be the go-to choice when those customers need something um, so those kinds of things I think are really important and, and you know digging down deep and, and asking yourself, are you doing that or are you just ex- expecting everybody to be engaged because you you hired them um, You
0: know, and unfortunately, that's not enough. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about some of the basic principles that we coach businesses on. And it starts with, and and we've had this conversation, John, about starts with why. And uh, we quote Simon Sinek quite a bit, but you start with why. And that's what people actually are attracted to is your why. They don't buy how or what you do. They buy why you do it which really then goes into your purpose. And we call these commitment statements. You have a purpose statement that really describes why you're doing what you're doing in business, followed by points of culture, then your vision and mission statement. These are essential documents that any business should have. doesn't matter if you're a sole proprietor or if you're a multi-billion dollar corporation, these are important things because this is the adhesive for your employees driving towards a specific vision for that organization mm-hmm. it's really key
2: yes right. i can agree more paul the vision mission and values if you will philosophy is not a poster on the wall right. it is to be lived and business owners and managers and others have to model those values or they're meaningless and mm-hmm. a matter of fact they become hypocrisy so if you know once you so you really want to revisit them and say well are we really can we really live these values or are we you know just stating values because they sound good um and then we go about doing the business the way we always have um that's not necessarily going to get you anywhere Uh, you know in my experience it's about really understanding what your values are what do you value what are you about you know the the why i I should i should say why (laughs) uh and 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 then, and then living by it. And you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you, you know I walk in a lot of businesses over the year, and on their walls are a lot of what I call cultural artifacts. And from mm-hmm. my experience in my uh, graduate work and, and in different things, I've learned to, you can kind of see pretty quickly, does this company model the values they espouse or is there maybe an underlying culture that's really prevalent here and, and the company has some challenges in that area? It doesn't mean, though, you can't go back and revisit it. You know, I mean, companies need to reinvent themselves if necessary right. to, to, to thrive. And uh, and so I think, you know, understanding your values in the company, your philosophy, the why you're doing it, what you're all about, what you believe in, is that's step one. And mm-hmm. then modeling those behaviors when those decisions come up, even if it goes against your own personality style a little bit as an owner or a manager or something like that. We have to flex our style and we have to embody those values and we need to make those kinds of decisions based on those values in those really critical moments and those are the hardest ones because you know you can get emotional about it or, or you know might even get angry about something but if you can con- kind of control yourself a little bit and come back to your values and your value centric you'll have something that'll help you get through those tough times yeah it will really inform a person on how do I make this decision uh you know and i i turn to my values and say oh yeah that's right you know we need to really value our employees so i'm going to make this decision based on that and i'm going to demonstrate to this employee that i value him or her um and i I think that that is you know just it's it's just critical to really step back and assess that and it doesn't matter if you're 30 years in you might have to reinvent and revisit and do this again certainly if you're starting out you want to do it right from the get-go if you can Mm -hmm. Because it's gonna set you on the right path, uh, right, and, and things flow from that,
1: yeah, we couldn't so, agree more.
2: <laughs> we are we in agreement agree about more. that. I knew that when we first met uh you know in our conversations, um I just believe it's it's really important. I facilitated a lot of strategic planning retreats for various organizations over the years, and many times I found they were just espousing their values, but they didn't they didn't bother to uh embrace them in their meetings and it was up to me and my uh, colleague in this sense to bring it to their attention mm-hmm, and yeah. we would, you know we would bring it around and say well your value says you you know you do this but i'm hearing that you're really doing this you know what's going on and have to get them to to peel back the layers of the onion so to speak and and really admit what they're doing
0: this they do is so self discovery self discovery
2: yeah. self awareness willingness to change willingness to listen yeah. And here, uh, and you know, and then willingness to take action on something that makes a difference, and you know, and, and in my opinion, again, is value-based. Right. Um, so. Well, and
1: you said you said some great points. Flex your style, so important that you stay fluid. I've never heard of cultural artifacts, and thank you, John. We'll be using that now too, uh, because. <laughs> You know, it's a great, great input in that you can walk in and your observation can be if just like strategic plans, right? Uh, Some people create the strategic plans, but then they put them in their book and it stays on the shelf for three years or one year. And it's only as good as you are tending to it. And the same thing goes in regards to your vision, mission, points of culture. Um, and, you know, keeping those alive and fluid, having them be a part of your conversations, having them be a part of your staff meetings, have your vision be read, your mission be read. Um, point out when when your teammates are acting and being congruent with the values it, it and, and the messaging that it provides. You know, we tell people when they say, I just, I don't have time for that and I'm not sure about it. When you talk about marketing, you couldn't market anything better in your messaging than to talk about what your vision and your mission and your values are those become natural messengers for you um, in describing who you are what you do and how you serve
2: absolutely and you know Lisa owners and managers top level leaders if you will they have to embody those values if they want to be successful they you know uh, other folks look to them to see and, and there's a lot of maybe uh, you know, under the radar type of information that is exchanged between human beings. It's not always in just what we say. It's it's our body language. It's our facial expressions. It's a lot of things that make up who we are and what we're communicating. And that, again, you know, uh, thinking about that, like, what am I communicating to my employees? Am, you know, am I completely stressed out? And, you know, this, these are stressful times, you know, so people could become stressed out that's even a more important time to step back and say, wait a minute, where are my values? What what is my, what is our mission here? And let's stay on track for that. We're going to have challenges, got to work through them. um, But how do we work through them? Hmm. Do we, at the end of the day, show that we embodied our values and that's how we got through this? Or do we say we threw those aside and we, you know, we took whatever means are necessary. And now maybe there's a lot of hurt feelings or, you know, lost opportunities out there um, because we just couldn't you know stay the course uh and i think i think leaders have to look at that regularly they have to examine themselves and say am i embodying the values that i expect from others or or am i saying one thing and doing another yes it's very very easy to do that Uh, we're busy you know i talked about styles communication styles Um, you know if, if a leader hasn't taken a communication styles workshop or attended one. They should, because you can learn a lot about people by understanding different communication styles, and you can reach people on a deeper level by maybe adjusting your style just a little bit um, to to better connect with that person. Uh, you know, and you know, they're pretty simple concepts in that, um, but a lot of people don't use it. Mm-hmm. They don't take the time to really understand that. Oh, you know, my employee here is a a real driver, and um, I, I, I really just need to give them the, uh, the facts and, and let them get going, and not tie up their day with all this other information, or vice versa. This employee needs a relationship a little bit with me, and I need to sit down with them and get to know them. How was your weekend? What's going on in your life? How are your kids? Um, because out of that relationship development comes this productivity that you, 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 you can't believe because that person is now committed to this company when they, they feel that they are valued and they feel connected with, with you.
1: Uh, yes. You
0: know. uh, these are great points. I mean, this is, uh, I'll, I'll throw in a little Army story here. We use a term called leadership by walking around. And, and what it means is, is that you have a responsibility to engage your troops. And by engagement, that means you need to understand what makes them tick. And if they have mm-hmm. a problem at home, you need to understand what that is because ultimately it impacts the mission. But this transitions nicely into our leadership tip of the week, and it's on staying above the point. Brad Sugar's developed this concept. He's the founder of Action Coach. It's one of the franchises we own. But the point represents an inflection, and either you're above or you're below the point, and rarely are you sitting right on the point. And so where you are in relationship to the point is projected by your behaviors actions and communication so let me give a couple examples if you're above the point you're projecting optimism and strength if you're below you're projecting pessimism and weakness if you're above the point you're exuding confidence and conviction if you're below you're bleeding doubt and uncertainty so especially now when we're still uh, in this The midst of this pandemic, you know, each of us has been tested to stay above the point. And it's hard to do when you've seen an erosion of your retirement funds or the loss of a business income cancellation or graduation ceremonies. But nevertheless, staying above the point is crucial, not only for each of us, but of our family, friends, you know, business associates, community state and most especially our nation and what we need to do in the future. John, give us a couple of points that you've seen uh, regarding this concept, uh, staying positive, positive in the work environment, even College of the Canyons, and how that has had an impact.
2: Absolutely. I think in crisis situations, and, and this pandemic is certainly uh, an emergency and a crisis situation as it has been, It's that is when it's, all the more important to stay above the point to to use your term i think that you know when the going gets tough we have to really fall back on those things that we believe in and that we know are important uh which are the things we value and to to stay optimistic for folks to stay um you know even when things get tough is when we have to really kind of deploy those things and when things are going great it you know it's like we said we don't learn a whole lot from our successes we learn from our failures we learn when it's when it's going gets tough uh and who are we and how do we you know how do we treat people in that moment and then when we come out of a crisis you know uh, many of us can probably relate oh wow maybe i didn't do so well during that crisis now we're we're okay and I'm a little nervous about how I treated everybody. <laughs> you know, I right. I blew off the handle, and I you know I was you know super stressed out. Versus, uh, wow, we remain calm, we work together. I valued my people. I hung, We hung in there. And now you you've you've developed an even tighter relationship with your with your uh, employees, with your talent, with your company processes. To uh you know so so I think it's it's just incredibly important. I think a couple of the you you asked for a couple of the things along those lines um, you know, I've found we have to get out of our own way if that's necessary. Uh, it, as a leader, your job is to lead and inspire and, and set the example. So if you're not feeling it, you, you just have to put that aside and you've got to develop, you got to get the feeling going, you know, get out of your own way, figure out how to come to work above the point mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, what are you doing? I mean, we don't want to sink. You know we want to succeed, um, so I think that that is really important. Is is that it comes back again that self awareness, that self analyzation You know, look at yourself. What are you doing to to to, to create a problem and versus solve problems? Uh, invest in yourself. Invest in your people. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we always like to give takeaways and business tips, especially during these podcasts, so they're highly impactful. So here's here's a tip, and I don't know if you've heard of this term, John. It's called IVVM. Idealization, visualization, verbalization, and materialization. So when you're in this tough spot, like you're saying, you've got to get out of it. And so how do you do that? First, you use idealization, and you want to idealize what the perfect outcome is going to be. Then you want to put it into some type of visual framework. How do you see that? Then you want to take the next step and you want to be able to start verbalizing it. How do you verbalize it to your stakeholders and draw clarity to it? And then finally you want to materialize it. You use that technique. It's going to help you uh, substantially in anything dealing with staying above the point. Yes.
1: And, and uh, John, as we come to, we're getting near the end time of our podcast, unfortunately, because we could spend a lot more time talking to you. We're, all on the same page together. Um, you know, my thought in regards to that too is business owners taking leadership seriously. I've talked to a lot of business owners who don't refer to themselves as a leader. Um, they think that they've created a business and they may have staff working for them, but they're a bit shy and sheepish in regards to thinking of themselves as a leader. And as long as you're influencing other people, you are leading other people. It's your choice if you wanna do that positively or negatively, Um, but we say accept the opportunity and lead. (laughs) Lead your ship, uh, as we say to some of our clients, and that involves uh, staying above the point, even when it's really hard to do that. So, John, how can people find out more about uh, the Employee Training Institute, and what would you like to share with them as far as contact information?
2: Oh, certainly. Uh, well, you can you can find our information at, of course, our website, um, uh, even through the, co- the college's main website, uh, which is canyons.edu. Uh, and on the homepage, there's a, a link right right away to economic development. Um, and we so we have our webpage. My uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm happy to share my email address and phone number with with you guys, if you'd like to put that out there. Um, uh, I don't know. if you don't we Just
1: want to... your email address would be great.
2: Sure, it's, it's my name, J-O-H-N, John.Milburn, M-I-L-B-U-R-N, at canyons.edu.
1: Excellent, well, thank and you so much.
2: Sure, thank, thank you much. Thank yeah. you both for doing this and for making this contribution to our community. I wanna thank you publicly for that. I really appreciate what you're doing.
1: Well, thank, thank you, much, John, thank you. It's been a pleasure, And and before I know, Paul's gonna give some information about um, what's what the Chamber's doing, we do a business spotlight shout out every single week. It's our way of shining a light on some of our small businesses in our community. And this week we're gonna be shining a light on the Bar Method, which just opened up. So I'm gonna read a little bit about that uh, and then I'll hand it over to Paul and then back for me to close out. But the Bar Method is the premier bar fitness studio offering a total body workout that is smart, personalized, and tough. Their signature technique is the fastest and most efficient way to strengthen your entire body. Precise isometric exercises keep you working in the muscle followed by active and passive stretching to lengthen and elongate the area just worked. The pace of the class spikes heart rates, different intervals, so one can get a cardio component as well students see remarkable results within just a few weeks. You don't need any prior dance or fitness experience to join the bar method. And right now they are offering a full week of virtual and outdoor classes for free. So you can try out um, their services and until they can work out, you can work out indoors, their membership rate is just $79 uh, per month and then 99 thereafter, and that is a steal. Uh, so feel free to look them up, the bar method, dot com slash Santa Clarita. And shout out to that business owner, Kimberly Marks Steele, who just launched. Congrats to Kim.
0: Yeah, congrats, congrats to Kim. It's a big effort to get underway. And, and we'd also like to talk a little bit about some of the chamber things that are occurring. And they've started a small business roundtable. And I'm co-host with Paul Butler, who is the owner of New Leaf Training and Development. And this is a monthly roundtable, second Friday of every month, 7 to 8.30. We tee up a subject that would be of interest to the chamber members themselves and the small business community. And we have someone who has expertise come in, talk a little bit about whatever that subject may be, and then we open it up for discussion. Paul and I have both been part of these type of roundtables in the past, and man, they're value added. You get an awful lot of information, lessons learned, how you can improve your business. Not only that, but you get to meet others that you can dial up at a later date and say, hey, I need some advice on this, and this is all free if you're a chamber member. If you're not a chamber member, you ought to consider joining it because this is another program that they're really uh, putting out there to help the community at large. So that's what I wanted to bring up. And Lisa, you want to close?
1: I do, I want to encourage listeners to go to our website at OneTrueNorthCoach.com. We've created a COVID-19 resource page. Uh, It has articles, it has visuals, things that we advise our clients to look at to help them navigate through these uncertain and unprecedented times and it also has a testimonial pages as well and on our home page there's an opportunity to for you to find out what makes us unique what our services are uh, how we can help business owners and you can also sign up for a complimentary business diagnostic it's the one of the best returns on your energy right now you get a uh, free assessment from paul and i in regards to your business we ask really good questions to get you thinking in the right direction and that's an opportunity for you to um, subscribe to our weekly emails as well. And lastly, we have a One True North Facebook and LinkedIn page, and we provide a lot of value on that. That's where we post our articles every single week, these conversations. So we hope that we're really um, benefiting our community and helping them through this challenging time and helping you in your leadership and business solutions. So with that, thank you uh, both Paul and John And we look forward to uh, the next podcast next week.